Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash Talk with TK. I'm TK Tom Kelly, Eagles Reaction Podcast after the Eagles demolition of the New York Giants yesterday in the Meadowlands, 48-14. to you talk about a complete effort on both sides of the ball. And, you know, coming out of that Tennessee game, it really felt like the Eagles couldn't play any better. It felt like they couldn't dominate a game any more than they dominated the Tennessee Titans the week prior. But they come out, division opponent, and I'm not going to lie to you, I was wrong about this game. I thought this was going to be tight. I thought this was a Giants team that obviously has a lot to play for, not expected to be really competitive at the beginning of the year, but uh, despite the way they played their opponents, 7-4-1 records, a 7-4-1 record, and they're very much in the playoff mix. And I think, you know, on that side, they're well coached. Brian Dable's done a tremendous job. Wink Martindale is one of the best, uh, you know, most experienced defensive coordinators in the league. And I thought they'd give the Eagles some problems. I really did, specifically defensively. uh, I thought they were going to give the Eagles offense some problems. And I was totally wrong. And the Eagles came out and dominated that game start to finish. And again, like it, it, it seems repetitive at this point. But it's it's hard to have any bigger takeaway than just Jalen Hurts and the way he's playing right now. Because I just, you know, watched a game yesterday, just rewatched the first half earlier on today. and. I come away just so impressed. And every week you come away more and more impressed with Jalen, the things he's doing, the the speed in which he is processing the game, the, the, the fact that things seem to be moving for him in slow motion out there. And I think you look at yesterday, the whole key to that game was the start. And the first two drives for the Eagles were so incredibly impressive, specifically from Jalen Hurts' standpoint. That first drive, they get the, the the stop defensively to start the game. And then just a slow, methodical drive where Jalen having the patience to take what's given to him. I mean, he's utilizing his tight ends. Doesn't even have Dallas Goddard. Okay, that's fine. I'll go to Grant Calcaterra. I'll go to Jack Stoll. Some nice underneath uh, completions to A.J. Brown down in the red zone to set them up. The running game got going with Miles Sanders. And that drive set a tone immediately. The Eagles dominated that first drive, went right down the field offensively, go up 7-0. We know this is a Giants team that is not equipped, you know, to play from behind. The, the, the formula for the Giants to win 
is, you know, get some stops early, get Daniel Jones a lead, and maybe they can kind of hang on from there and get that pass rush going with Kayvon Thibodeau. But the Eagles never allowed that to happen. And this game ended really early. And I think this was a situation where, you know, you look at two teams and one team is just drastically better in every area than the other is. And I think that reality set in very early for the Giants. And as I said, just rewatching the first half here, that first drive is extremely impressive. But that second drive where the Eagles get another stop, get the ball back, I feel like it took the Giants' soul, like, like right away in this game, where, you know, you get to midfield, third and 10, Jalen completes a three-yard pass to Quez Watkins, and fourth and seven, it's kind of no man's land. They talked about it a little bit on the broadcast that it's a tough situation to know what to do. I mean, probably too long to try a field goal, especially that early in the game. Um, you don't necessarily want to punt from there. Because if you punt and it ends up being a touchback, what are you gaining? 20 yards or, or something like that? And the Eagles weren't scared of the Giants' offense, obviously. And this, again, goes to Nick Sirianni and just his aggressiveness. And he's trusting Jalen, like, to go for it in that spot, fourth and seven. And I thought the play call was great and the execution was great. I mean, Jalen throws it up and you might think, oh, it's kind of a risky throw, kind of into into double coverage with what they used to call or they still call, I guess, the turkey hole between that corner and the safety. And it's a little a nice little concept on the outside where A.J. Brown runs a little hitch route. Devontae Smith is running a fade from the slot on the inside corner. And then there's a safety over the top. But Jalen lofts it up perfectly. The safety, I, I don't know what Julian Love was doing on that play. It looked like he was more concerned with potentially getting the interception than making the hit on the receiver, which is stupid. Like in that case, it's a better outcome for the Giants to get an incomplete pass and get the ball near midfield than it is to get an interception down the 10 yard line. And again, like that's part of Jalen Hurts and his knowledge of the game because Jalen knows in that situation, it doesn't matter if I throw an interception here. Like it doesn't matter. We might as well go for it. Take a shot. If it gets picked off, that's a fine outcome. Like that's like a punt. And they end up down at their own 10-yard line, and that's why I love the call, and I love the shot from Jalen Hurts, because if it ends up being picked, it's not that big of a deal. Instead, perfect throw, safety misplays at Devontae Smith fearlessly, not even worried about the hit, goes up, snags it, and takes it in for the touchdown. And right then, like, you rewatch that game, right then, that game was over. Like, you look at the Giants' sideline, you look at the players on the field, they were demoralized. By that touchdown, the Eagles went up 14-0, and then it was just an onslaught from there. You have the botched punt situation. Eagles get the ball in Giants territory. First play, boom. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, big-time touchdown, 21-0. And, yeah, the Giants cut it to 27-14. Did anybody really feel like there was any point in which that game was in doubt? No. I mean, the Eagles were drastically better. And, again, I thought it was going to be a tough game. I thought it was going to be close. I thought the Eagles would win it. But um, it's time to start, and, and I'm honestly talking to myself as much as I am to everybody listening to this podcast right now, but it's time to start really buying into this team as, I mean, obviously a Super Bowl contender, but quite possibly the best team in football and quite possibly the best Eagles team in a really long time. Because I, I've had my reservations, like even with the record, 
And I'm not somebody who buys into, oh, well, they haven't played anybody. It's not anything the Eagles can control. You play the schedule that's in front of you. And it's, regardless of who you're playing in the NFL, it's very hard to be consistent and string together good performances and win week after week after week. But I've still had reservations about whether this can truly be a Super Bowl caliber team, if that makes sense. Like, I do think they're the best team in the NFC. Um, I do think there are teams in the AFC, Chiefs, Bills, that would be difficult for them to match up with. But the more and more we see, the more and more I do believe that this team can win a Super Bowl. And the last two weeks have proven something significant to me. As I said, a win's a win. And that's really the the end-all, be-all, like... Yeah, they didn't look great in Indianapolis. They got the win. That's all that really matters. They didn't look great defensively against the Packers. They got the win. That's all that really matters in the end. But you do want to see a team that is, you know, Super Bowl caliber start to blow teams out. And that's what the Eagles have done. Because you look back at 2017, there was that stretch. And and obviously, we're going to compare this team to 2017. It's really the only recent frame of reference that we have for a team at Super Bowl caliber. Like that, that's just the matter of fact. Like it's the only frame of reference that we have for a team that has won a championship in this city in that sport. And there was a stretch in 2017 before Carson Wentz went down in Los Angeles and really before they went on that West Coast swing, uh, first going to Seattle where the Eagles are just obliterating teams. Like, they had a stretch where they played the Broncos, Dallas, the Bears, the Niners, where they were just beating teams by 20, 30 points every week. And you do want to see that at some point. And that's what we're seeing from the Eagles now. And, and you know, Tennessee, I know they had a bad loss yesterday, and we'll get into the rest of the NFL in a little bit here. But Tennessee and the Giants, they're not great teams. They're not bad teams. And the Eagles, are two weeks in a row now, have just shown they are on a completely different level than either of those teams are. And Jalen Hurts is on a completely different level. And Jalen Hurts has made himself into one of the best players in the NFL. And, I mean, I've said before, and I think many people can echo this, I think many people were wrong about Jalen Hurts. I was certainly wrong about Jalen Hurts. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Now, as far as the MVP conversation, I know this is something that will still irritate many Eagles fans out there. I'd still have Jalen Hurts third in that conversation. That's not to diminish anything that he's done. It's basically just how I, uh, you know, look at the award. And I look at the award. I take the MVP, uh, you know, moniker literally. Like, I, I, I look at most valuable player, and that's how I take it. Who is most valuable to their team? And I still believe, when you look at this season, who are more valuable to their teams I do think Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow are more valuable to their teams than Jalen Hurts is to this team. Not to say that Jalen Hurts isn't valuable. Of course he is. He's been one of the best players in the NFL. And hey, I'm not going to say by any means, um, you know, it's an injustice if Jalen Hurts wins the award. And and my opinion could change here over the next month. But I do think if you were to replace Jalen, with one of those guys, you'd get similar results. And I, I think it would be difficult to put anybody else in Joe Burrow, or Patrick Mahomes situation and still have the results that they've had. I mean, you look at what the Chiefs have done. Patrick Mahomes is doing this without Tyreek Hill. Like, that's incredibly impressive. That's something that, that 
you know, just shows how great Patrick Mahomes is, especially when you look at Tyreek Hill and the impact that he has had on the Miami Dolphins offense and what he's done with Tua. Joe Burrow, I mean, back-to-back years, I mean, he's completely changed that organization and for over a month was playing without his top guy in Jamar Chase, and all they did was win. So I think that debate is a very real one, and that one is a very valid one, but not to take anything away from Jalen because he's been phenomenal, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, I can confidently say at this point, Jalen Hurts is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I believe he will be for a really long time. His work ethic is second and none. His leadership is second and none. And it's just remarkably impressive to see him continue to improve. Like if the NFL had a most improved player like the NBA did, Jalen Hurts would be running away with that award. He'd be like a minus 10,000 favorite right now. And rightfully so, because he's just been incredible. He's been absolutely incredible. And Jalen Hurts can win a Super Bowl this year. I fully believe that. And you look yesterday at first drive again. I can't stop going back to it because it was so impressive. Because I don't think the Giants' game plan was bad, honestly. I I thought they were mixing things up. And Jalen just took what was given to him. He knew where to go with the ball every time. You could see the Giants getting frustrated. And he's just like, okay, if you're going to give me these little six, seven-yard underneath routes to my tight ends, it might not be Dallas Goddard, but I'm still going to trust these guys. And I'm going to put the ball in position. I'm going to trust them to make catches. And they were able to do that. And the offense with the weapons, it's just dynamic, man. It's really dynamic. They're extremely well coached. And a a really impressive day from the Eagles offense and Jalen Hurts. That's my biggest takeaway. Um, Defensively, again, the defense continues to just be uh, unreal. And the way they are getting pressure on the quarterback, uh, the amount of sacks yesterday, what a what a signing Hassan Reddick has ended up being. He's been uh, tremendous this year. And what a value signing that has been for the Eagles. But getting pressure on Daniel Jones, you knew that was going to be the key to this game. And, you know, once the Eagles were getting pressure, they got two sacks on the opening drive. And that was another kind of indicator. OK, well, well, this is going to be a day for them to feast. Uh, And the defense has done a tremendous job the last two weeks, really, after a lot of criticism and rightful criticism. I mean, they did not play well in that game against Green Bay. That was a game where the offense really needed to carry them. But you look at the last month of football here and you take that Green Bay game out of the equation. Now, have they played the best offenses in the world? No. But Indianapolis, Tennessee and the Giants. Three of the best defensive performances we have seen from this team this year. And yesterday, to be able to get that amount of pressure, get that amount of penetration, stop the run, which was the key to the whole game. I mean, you if you can stop Saquon Barkley, you can make Daniel Jones one-dimensional. We, we've seen Daniel Jones for four years now. And I think the Giants know it's probably time to go in a different direction after this season. Uh, in that respect, I think this has been a tough uh, season for the Giants results-wise in terms of, you know, kind of taking themselves out of the mix at the top of the draft. Uh, for one of those uh, top flight quarterbacks. Now, hey, I mean, the Eagles might have a top five pick if Howie wants to go and and, and try to fleece the Giants um, to give them a quarterback. They'd certainly have to pay a premium, uh, but I I wouldn't put it past him to do that. But, um, you know, Daniel Jones can't beat you, and the Eagles knew that, and they were able to get pressure, get a lead, stop the run, and boom. I mean, that game's over. And what can you say about Brandon Graham? I just had to mention Brandon because 
34 years old, and this guy is still really, really good. Like, is he the same Brandon Graham he was four or five years ago? Probably not. I mean, he's dealt with some injuries since then, obviously coming off the Achilles last year. But what a comeback story. He's still so valuable. Like, not just on the field, obviously, but as a leader, but on the field, you know, as well, stopping the run, getting after Daniel Jones, three sacks for BG yesterday. And after the injury last year, it's been so gratifying to see him come back so strong and a really, a really good day for the defense. And this defense just continues to impress. And one of the big things of this team, and yeah, they've built dealt with the injuries here and there. Uh, CJ Gardner Johnson's been out, Reed Blankenship now dealing with something. Hopefully he's back soon. But this team's really not that injured. Like, they, they haven't dealt with that really serious injury yet. Even their older players, the Kelseys, the Grams, the Coxes, these guys are, are remaining on the field. Lane Johnson, I mean, Lane comes out briefly yesterday, but according to all reports, he should be okay uh, moving forward. So that's obviously a big factor as well. And now you look ahead for this team. You got the Chicago Bears next week. Obviously, that should be a win. Justin Fields is a phenomenal talent, but the Eagles are better than that team. They should win. And that's why this game yesterday was so important. Because now you give yourself some wiggle room for that Dallas game. Now, do I think the Eagles can beat Dallas on the road? Certainly. I think the Eagles are a better team. um, And Dallas didn't look very good against Houston yesterday. But now, even if you do drop that game, you you are still in fine shape. As long as you win the rest of your games, you're going to win the division, you're going to get home field in the playoffs, and you need home field. You obviously need that bye. You need to get home field in the first round of the playoffs. That's why yesterday was so critical to not make that Christmas Eve game mean everything. Again, not out of fear, not to say the Eagles can't win it, but you just want to give yourself some level of leeway, take care of the Bears, and then you could possibly clinch everything against the Cowboys. I mean, that would be a pretty crazy outcome here, but I believe at this point with the Vikings loss yesterday. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles could clinch home field with wins in each of the next two weeks. And then that would open up the conversation. What do you do? Uh, Because then you'd have essentially two games at the end of the year that would be rendered meaningless against the saints. And then at home against the giants. Now, if that situation were to come about and obviously getting a little ahead of ourselves, I don't think you'd sit your guys against the Giants because if you or or I mean against the Saints because then say you sit against the Saints you sit against the Giants you're off wild card weekend that's a month between meaningful football games that would mean you're playing a game on Christmas Eve and then you're not really playing again until mid January I don't like that idea I think you play against the Saints hope you get out with no injuries and then everybody would rest against the Giants and even then that's still a pretty long layoff but. Imagine that, man. This is the conversation we're having, is that the Eagles could be playing meaningless football the final two weeks because they've already clinched home field. And it's just a testament to this organization. What a win yesterday. Uh, Phenomenal, phenomenal stuff from this team. And now, uh, before we wrap up the podcast today, I did want to look at a couple other uh, things around the league from yesterday. And then we'll we'll recap uh, this crazy UFC card from Saturday night, uh, if anybody caught that. But you, you look at what happened yesterday. Dallas obviously finds a way to win against Houston, uh, but not that impressively. Um, you know, again, if we're using the logic toward the Eagles as a wins all that matters, you kind of got to use that for the Cowboys as well. I mean, Houston stinks, but Dallas able to win that game um, and at least keep this division somewhat 
up for grabs at this point. Uh, but certainly, you know, after yesterday, I don't know how you can say Dallas is better than the Eagles. I, I just don't believe that to be the case. Other interesting things in the NFC, watch out for the Lions, man. And they're now 6-7. and seven. Uh, They have really turned a corner here under Dan Campbell. And I'll, I'll say this, I was a total non-believer in Dan Campbell. I thought, you know, his whole act, his whole, you know, meathead routine was silly. Uh, I thought he was a bad coach. But that team's playing really good football right now. And they beat up on the Vikings. The Vikings, I think everybody kind of knows, you know, they're not as good as their record indicates. They're now 10-3 this season. But Detroit is now 6-7. and seven, And they are a dangerous team. If they were to get in the postseason, and, and they have a legit shot now. I mean, they are in the mix. Um, that would be a real, a real dangerous team to play in the postseason. You look at the other teams in the NFC race right now uh, for the wild card. It's the Giants. It's Washington. It's Seattle. And Seattle, man, Seattle had a bad loss yesterday at home to the Carolina Panthers. So Detroit could get in. I would love to see Detroit get in. Um, you know, I, I think. I think Jared Goff is a guy who's kind of gotten a, a bit of an unfair rap in his career. Like, is he great? No. But Jared Goff is not a bad quarterback. Like, Jared Goff is a fine quarterback. And, you know, I, I think people have talked about him like he stinks. Obviously, it didn't help that they move on to Stafford. They win a Super Bowl last year in Los Angeles. But Jared Goff's playing good football, and that Detroit team is exciting. They're fun to watch. I would like to see them get in. As I said, Seattle, really bad loss yesterday. Washington, probably the best week of anybody in that wild card race. And they didn't even play. Uh, but they're in the sixth seed at 7-5-1. and one, And it really, you talk about a huge game this week. Sunday night football, you got the Commanders and the Giants in Washington. Uh, they tied last week. Weird thing where the Commanders playing the Giants two times in a row. Play them in New York, have the bye week, now coming home to play them on a Sunday night. So that's going to be a really big game. Um, and the winner of that, I think, pretty much guarantees themselves a playoff spot. The loser puts themselves in a really difficult position. But uh, that'll be a fun game to watch next week. As far as some of the other observations around the league, uh, Jacksonville beating up on Tennessee was pretty eye-opening. Doug Peterson, good job uh, getting that team to, to continue to play hard. Um, I don't think they are going to be a, a playoff team at this point. They're still two games back in the division. Man, they had some some games early in the year that they just let get away. Uh, they'll probably look back on and really be kicking themselves over at this point. Because I, honestly, I think Jacksonville is the best team in that division. I think they're better than Tennessee. And they really beat up on Tennessee yesterday. Uh, but unfortunately, probably not going to get in. The Bills maintain the hold on that one seed. Kind of a gritty win against the Jets in bad weather. Kansas City goes to Denver. gets a win. Denver's nightmare season continues. They're officially eliminated. Um, I'm not sure how many people Russell Wilson is saying let's ride to uh, anymore, but man, they are just terrible. Nathaniel Hackett should be one and done there. So that's one of the more interesting results. Uh, Baltimore gets a win without Lamar Jackson, um, but Cincinnati is coming. I think Cincinnati probably at this point ultimately ends up winning that division, but an interesting day of football. And how about San Francisco? As we talk about threats to the Eagles in the NFC, I think most of us, myself included, kind of rode off San Francisco following the Jimmy G injury. 
But Brock Purdy played great yesterday. And that's a team with a lot of weapons offensively, a great defense. Been saying it all year. D'Amico Ryans needs to be a head coach next year. Like, D'Amico Ryans would be, if I was looking for a head coach, he'd be my first call. Like, he's done a tremendous job with that San Francisco defense, and they just destroy the Bucks. Tom Brady and that offense, they look terrible. And is it all Brady? I don't think it is. Like, I still think Brady can do a lot of the things that, that he's been able to do throughout the course of his career. Their offense just stinks. And uh, I guess Bruce Arians had much more of an impact than we knew, but they are terrible. They have bad offensive line. They'll probably win that division by default. Um, they still lead the division at six and seven, but that is a bad, bad football team. And maybe the Niners deserve to still be taken seriously. So a really interesting week in the NFL. And now before we wrap up here, I did want to talk a little bit about UFC 282 on Saturday night. And this is something I want to start doing, um, you know, talking a little more UFC. It's not something we typically talk about mixed martial arts on uh, the air when I'm on 94 WIP, but it's something I really enjoy and something I've really gotten into. And if anybody was watching Saturday night, and if you've been following this story involving the UFC right now, where, you know, injury news leaked out a few weeks ago about a guy prior to a fight and it influenced betting lines significantly. And there's all sort of talk around the sport right now about controversy and, and fight fixing. And if that's the case, Saturday was not a good night for the UFC because they had more controversy again. Now, for casual MMA fans or UFC fans, you might not know about, you know, a lot of the bigger names in the sport, um, but you probably heard of Patty, Patty Pimblett. He's a charismatic guy from England, um, signed a big deal with Barstool. He's getting a ton of money from them, and he was on this card Saturday night. I'm watching with one of my buddies here, uh, and he lost the fight. Like, everybody who watched this fight felt like Patty Pimble lost this fight. And at the end, the results are red, um, and it comes back as he won. And I just think this is a real interesting thing to monitor, because uh, fight fixing would be disastrous for that sport. Like, that is a sport that is, in many ways, compared to wrestling. The big difference is wrestling is you know, fixed. The results are predetermined. That's not supposed to be the way it is in mixed martial arts, but there are a lot of questions surrounding this right now. And uh, anybody who watched that fight, anybody who knows anything about the sport knows that that result was terrible and uh, really, really uh, going to be interesting to watch moving forward to see um, how this plays out and whether these results get more, uh, get more scrutinized because it felt like the judges fixed that decision. It was pretty bad. The main event as well between Jan Belhovich and uh, Magomed Ankalaev for the light heavyweight title results in a draw. And now weirdly, they have another title fight in the next month when they kind of needed uh, a big fight. And that felt kind of uh, fishy as well. So that's going to be something interesting to monitor. And I, I do want to start doing another podcast a week where we'll, we'll uh, talk some betting lines. We'll talk about NFL and I'll start giving out my UFC picks uh, as well um, because it's, it's a fun sport to watch and it's a fun sport to place a couple wagers on. So we'll do another podcast later this week, but uh, interesting week in UFC, interesting week in NFL, obviously, and what a win for the Philadelphia Eagles. So thank you for listening. 
I'll be on 94 WIP overnight tomorrow, Tuesday into Wednesday. So I'll talk to you then. But thank you for listening to Trash Talk with TK. Uh, and everybody out there, have a great week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 